Welcome to another episode of Going Deeper Podcast. My name is Devin Blankenbiller, and again, this podcast is just a ministry of Abundant Life Church and just created for us to take a little time each week to both learn how to understand and read God's Word and also to go deeper in our understanding and devotion to God's Word. And as we're journeying through John's account of the life of Jesus um, right now, uh, we're just taking time. That's the fourth book of the Bible, the book of John. And so, um, and before we get into it today, let me just give a little encouragement. Besides this podcast, we are encouraging people to memorize a verse each week in the book of John. That might be something you're encouraged to do. We believe that it's pleasing as we slow down and just read a passage over and over again, try to get it to memory, uh, not to get a star, not to get a sticker or, or a pat on the back, but just to get it in our hearts and soul and that God will use it. And listen, if you think about it, we commit a lot of things to memory, passwords, uh, rest recipes, uh, sports stats, right? How about we take a little time and effort to memorize God's word? And I believe that God will use it in your life. If you want to be a part of that, um, just uh, text the word memorize to the phone number 610-486-5140. Again, text the word memorize to the phone number 610 610- Four eight six five one four zero, and you'll get a couple texts throughout the week, ways that you can uh, know the verse, and also ways that you can memorize the verse as we do it together. So, love for you to join that. So, listen, this podcast is called Going Deeper, right? And and as we said last week, we want to go deep into the bedrock of the Word of God, just like construction team teams dig deep, uh, so that they can get their foundation attached to the to the to the bedrock. Um, so, and they want to attach that structure so that no matter what shakes, it'll never move. And um, it's, it's kind of like when we hear God's word, listen, not only do we have to hear it, but we have to drill into it, right? Um, that's the application part. We can dig down in the ground. We can uncover the rock, the bedrock under the soil and the gravel and the sand. But if we don't do anything with it, we just see it, it's not going to help us. What the construction teams do, they actually drill into that bedrock and they attach the structure to it. That attaching, that's the life application part of, of God's word. And so just real quick to review last week, if you didn't hear, we talked about how Jesus is the fullness of grace and truth in John 1, 14 and 1 John 8, 1 John 18. And, um, and the application is this, let's be like Jesus. Let's live our lives full of grace and truth that when we encounter people, when we see people in our relationships, that we we're full of grace, right? We're kind, loving, uh, understanding. We forgive, full of grace, but we're also full of truth that we're not afraid to say what is true. We don't run from the truth. We don't bury our heads in the sand. Uh, we're not afraid of, of, of coming and, and bringing an issue to light. We're full of grace and and truth. And even for ourselves, let me just encourage you one more time. Be full of grace with yourself, right? Be, be forgiving towards yourself. Don't beat yourself up so much. Jesus is full of grace. Let's be full of grace with ourselves. And secondly, let's be full of truth with ourselves. Let's not be afraid to look at our own situation, our own relationships, maybe even our own health, and just say, what's the truth of my life right now? Don't run from truth and don't run from grace. Well, today we're going to be reading um, John 1, verse 29, just looking at one verse, just digging in one verse as we talk about Jesus, the Lamb of God, Jesus, the Lamb of God. And so this passage in John 1, verse 29, it's right after a story of when Pharisees and, and priests and Levites, they question John the baptizer's authority. 
and, um, and they say, why are you baptizing? And, and we come to verse 29, and it says this. It says, the next day, he, talking about John the baptizer, saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, quote, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right? So note that word next day. It's the, I mean, just envision one day John's out teaching. The next day, here comes Jesus coming towards John the baptizer. And when he comes, he says, behold the Lamb of God. Now, all the religious people and all the people who believed in God back then, they knew that there was a prophecy of a Savior to come. They knew that there was this Messiah, which is this Hebrew word that means this anointed one. They, they thought that this Messiah, this Christ, would, would deliver Israel from oppression. They thought he'd be a, a physical conquering Savior that would set people free from the Roman rule that they were under, the Roman government and the, the Roman Empire. But as Jesus comes forth, think about this, John calls him a lamb. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of the word lamb, I don't get very scared, right? I don't get very intimidated. There's not a lot of fear that strikes my heart. I mean, I could understand if John said, behold, here comes the lion of Judah. Now, now in Genesis 49, Jacob prophesies and gives a word of blessing over all sons. And he had a son named Judah. And so he prophesied that he would be a, like a lion. And he said, from you, Judah, the scepter and the ruler staff would not depart from you. Basically, there'd be a kingdom that would come from his son, Judah. Jesus was born in the line of Judah. And that's why Jesus is even referred to as the lion of Judah. And so wouldn't it be so much more exciting and climactic if, if John the baptizer said, behold, the lion of Judah, right? But instead he says, the lamb of God, right? The lamb. Like, and, and if you're new to reading the word, listen, when you come to these sections, don't just take them for granted. Don't just say, oh, I don't understand it. Listen, ask the question, why, why would John call him a lamb? You know, find that out. And today I want to explain just three quick reasons why it was very appropriate. And there was a lot of meaning behind why John was inspired by God when he prophesied, behold, here comes the lamb of of God. Three three ways we can see this. One is he was tying back to the lamb of the Passover. When we go back to Exodus, right, and we, we read the account of God using Moses to, to deliver the Israelites from Egypt, and they parted the Red Sea, and, the, and if you remember the ten plagues, well, the last plague was that there would be, uh, the angel of death would come and kill every single firstborn in the land. And, and so an angel uh, spoke to Moses, and God spoke to Moses, I mean, and, and basically said, listen, go find yourself a spotless lamb, sacrifice it, and it's uh, spread its blood on the doorposts of your house, and the angel of death will pass over you, right? And this was, a, you know, it's just when you read the story of the, pro the Passover, there's so many parallels to Jesus coming, and that Jesus fulfilled that role of this lamb that was going to be sacrificed. Many people believe that because Passover, in, in the time period where John said this, was actually just a week or two away, when we get to chapter two, it's going to be Passover time, so it's probably just a week later, that many people were bringing their lambs to Israel at this time, that the fields around them could have been filled with, with lambs, you know, and herders of lambs. And so John sees all these lambs in the fields and he says, behold the lamb of God. This is the true one who's going to be sacrificed so that death will pass over us forever. He's fulfilling the Passover forever. 
another thought is that he, it's a symbol of the lamb of the temple sacrifice. John was a son of Zechariah who was a priest. So listen, when you're a son of a priest, you're in the temple of Lot. I'm a, I'm a pastor. My kids are at the church a lot, and they know a lot about what happens in the church. And according to the command in Exodus chapter 29, every morning and every twilight, a lamb was to be sacrificed in the temple. Uh, and this sacrifice was for the sins of the people. The Jewish people knew this. They understood it. They recognized that they were sinners. They never recognized they were perfect. They needed a substitute. And so they knew every day a lamb would be sacrificed for their sins so that their sins could be forgiven. And when John the baptizer said, behold the lamb of God, he was again prophesying that Jesus was going to be the last sacrifice needed, that no other sacrifice would need to be made because he was going to be sacrificed for us. And finally, this lamb refers to this prophetic lamb that both the prophets Jeremiah and Isaiah, who lived 500 years before Jesus, right? They prophesied that the Messiah would come and they did prophesy that he'd be sacrificed. Jeremiah eleven nineteen said, uh, the Messiah is going to be like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. Isaiah 53, 5 through 7 says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Then goes on to say, he was oppressed and he was afflicted and he did not open his mouth. And like a lamb that was led to the slaughter, he died for us. So so again, there's just all these images of, of a lamb in the Old Testament, of the need for sacrifice. And when John the Baptist said, not behold of the Lion of Judah, but behold the Lamb of God, he was getting us ready for what Jesus' ultimate mission was to be accomplished. And it's amazing. When you look at the Bible as a whole, you see this theme from Old Testament to Revelation of, of the work and the purpose of Jesus Christ. And John Love the word lamb. Not only does John use it here a couple times, but even in the book of Revelation, John uses the word lamb over 26 different times to refer back to Jesus. So behold the lamb of God. Now it also says behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Listen, here's the significance of this, right? When lambs were sacrificed in the temple for sin, it was only for Jewish people. It was for no one else. So guess what? If you weren't Jewish, you're in trouble. There's no hope, right? I mean, for us, well, I'm not Jewish. I'm, you know, there's no hope for me. But Jesus was coming and he was going to die for everyone, right? Behold the Lamb of God that takes the sins of the world, right? That he wasn't just dying for a certain people group. Isaiah 49, 6, one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament, it says, speaking about the Messiah, it says, it's too light of a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. But I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. God was prophesying the Messiah that's going to come, right? It's too easy for him just to save the Israelite people. But no, he is going to be a light to the nations, salvation to the ends of the earth, that whoever believes in Jesus Christ 
can be forgiven. Whoever believes has eternal life. That the debt of our sin was paid for through his blood. That he takes away our sins. I mean, this goes back to the Psalms 103, right? That as far as the east is from the west, so God has taken our sins from us. And that's just such great hope for us that, listen, if he can take away um, the sins of the world, then he can take away your sins. And so I just want to make a couple points of application here real quick. I just want us to drill down into the the depth of this word uh, before we go here today. Number one is this, that listen, that we would put our faith in Jesus fully, that we would believe and know that he takes our sins away from us. As it says in Hebrews, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. But Jesus as a lamb was coming to shed his blood and he shed his blood for us. So if you have not put your faith in Jesus today, even in this moment, today you can believe in him and know that as you put your faith in Jesus, he takes our sins off of us. What a special day this would be for you to do that. For others who believe, right, you, you know what Jesus did and what he came for, right? Can I just encourage you to apply this? Stop living in the past, Someone needs to hear that. Listen, stop living in the past. Confess your sins to someone and let it go. Confess it to God and let it go. We allow guilt to clog our hearts like clogging a drain, right? I mean, we just walk around with so much guilt. And we're reading this verse that says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Confess it and let it go, right? Just move on, right? And believe that that Jesus died for a reason, for you and for me, and that we can be forgiven. The second application is this. If Jesus takes our sins away from us, let's not keep going back to our sins. Don't turn, turn from your sins, right? The issue for some is not that we're struggling to believe that Jesus forgives us, but maybe if we keep going back to the sin. Listen, our hatred and our disgust for sin should increase as we get closer to Jesus. Sin is like vomit, right? It smells, it's disgusting, it makes us more sick, right? There's something in our souls we know uh, that sin is wrong, right? But for some reason we keep doing it. Let's not go back to it. Like, let's recognize Jesus takes our sins away from us. Let's leave them away, right? Don't be like the, the fool in Proverbs 26, 11, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool that repeats his folly. Let's believe God has something greater and a purpose of why he takes our sins away from us. And last, my last application point I want to give is just to behold Jesus. Behold him. We kind of skipped over that word when we were looking at it. It says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of of the world. Just behold him. That word behold is in the Bible over 1,100 times. It's in the New Testament over 150 times. And that word just basically means to look. And it doesn't just mean like look in like a seek and find way. It means look in like it's right there. Look, behold, it's right there. It's right in front of your eyes. And, and John's saying, behold the Lamb of God. He's right here. And for us, I want to encourage us. I want us to apply this to our lives that we can just say, you know what? I want to behold Jesus. He's right here. He's right in his word. He's right around him, right? We behold so many things. Will you behold him today? Think about how many things we put our eyes on, uh, but we need to behold him. Even as you're listening to this message, you're beholding Jesus, right? You're learning more, right? Um, Listen, if you feel trapped in sin, behold Jesus. If you feel deeply depressed and lonely, 
Behold Jesus. If you feel called to serve, right, and you want to use your gifting for God, behold Jesus. If you feel confused and lost, right, behold Jesus. Maybe you're full of thanksgiving today. Behold Jesus. Look to him. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Listen, thanks again for listening to this Going Deeper podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this. And uh, if you were, were just uh, share it on social media, share it with your friends, subscribe to it uh, on your favorite podcast app, uh, even give a review. We'd love to have that encouragement today. So thanks so much for your time.